I'm Alex Stone, former military service member and law enforcement officer, now CEO of Echelon Protected Services, one of the fastest growing private security firms on the West Coast. And this is Ride Along. where our guests and I witness firsthand the issues affecting our community. I believe our proven method of enacting meaningful change through compassion and understanding is the best way to make our streets a safer place and truly achieve security through community. Hi, this is uh, P.K. Gupta, founder and CEO of Mech Computing. I'm here on the ride along to uh, show how our technology for video analytics is deployed in the field in Portland. Hi, this is Jason. No, I'm a computer scientist by training. I'm here on the ride along to understand how the infrastructure deployed to support the force responders to be more effective in the uh, health of the community. Hey, it's Alex Stone. Welcome back to The Ride Along. Today, we have two dynamic guests, two tech titans, specifically working in the security field and in the smart field, that AI space that's so critical for the future growth of the security industry. Go ahead and Jason, PK, go ahead and introduce yourselves. Hi, this is Jason. I'm from South Korea, visiting Portland, this wonderful city. And I'm focused, I'm a computer scientist trained and educated here, here in the United States over at the Stanford University. I was back in Korea for, this is my 10th year, working on working with the smart city designers and industrial uh, high-tech in manufacturing industry to provide the process, real-time process control, process management systems, and event generation on the edge side to help them provide the bird's eye view and real-time visibility into what's going on in, in the shop, shop floor. Great, PK. Great to be here. Sorry. Hi, thanks, thanks, Alex. Thanks for uh, this opportunity. So I'm uh, PK Gupta. I'm founder and uh, CEO of Mech Computing. So Mech Computing is a company based right here in Portland. Uh, we are about six years old. We are focused on using AI, as you were saying, Alex, for security mm -hmm. applications. And I'm sure we're going to talk more about that. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah. So to get the conversation started, um, Jason, what you what you're talking about is your field of expertise is control. Right. How to control smart buildings in a way that makes them safer for everybody. Right. So in previous generations of competing, integrated competing with the uh, building management systems, you always waited for event or something happen before you respond. Reactive. Right, reactive. Gotcha. So what we are trying to do is turn the table around, make it Pre, uh, proactive I love it. and preemptive. Uh, for us to be pre proactive, we need to understand, we need to collect more data. Mm -hmm. Instead of uh, one data point for, say, every second, uh, we do uh, start listening to the uh, devices. So we classify two different set of data sources. One is human being, uh, residents living inside the building, Another is the machines and sensors and controllers. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. So, yeah. for human beings, we just keep we just wait for them to re, uh, to generate events, meaning mm. push the buttons, yell or knock on the door, walk in and out of zones, walk in and out of the zones okay. yeah. uh, through the uh, access control systems. 
But on the other hand, with the machine side, we connect to them in a, in a real-time basis. We listen to it. And we also integrate that machine-generated information, machine-sensed information with the other sources of data, trying okay. to build intelligence. Now, this seems like it would be very difficult because different machines have different code. It's kind of like... Right. It's kind of like... The, they the, speak different languages. Yeah, different literally. languages. And I, I like to... Um, the way I talk about this and kind of what you do is I talk about Esperanto. So after World War II, yes. the yes. United Nations or NATO, right, we wanted to create a universal language that we were all going True. to learn. And that language was, was Esperanto. Right. 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 I've only met two people that know it. Exactly. Uh, but <laughs> and so the idea is that you've created essentially a tech device that decodes or, or translates all those different tech languages into a base language. Right. Right. So uh, as you just pointed out, to, to go into a little tech, okay, we great, call yeah. those a uh, different set of protocols. Every machine or every sensor has their own set of protocols. Mm -hmm. But the, the more protocol or the more devices you place in your mm -hmm. premise, the, the complex it becomes. Very complex. Yeah, oh, that's exponentially, I would exponentially, imagine. Exponentially. Not, not, right. So we're not just adding, so one plus one isn't two, one plus one is 43. 40, yep. Yeah. So that's where we come in, um, and we built sort of set of protocol uh, translators so that we'll be able to understand different set of languages into a single normalized format. Mm -hmm. That's where the edge computing comes in, and that's where our, our core competency comes in. We translate, it, translate all those different set of protocol into a single one so that uh, up, upstream application or people will be able to understand and make sense of what's going on. And that's what we call contextualization of the edge computing. Contextualization of the edge, edge computing. computing. So we you're, contextualize you're, it so that you will be able to understand what's going, what's really happening. So your device is essentially an ambassador. Right, right. In that tech industry. And it's kind of the United Nations of devices, right? It's bringing everyone to the table and it's allowing them to all talk and talk communicate at the same time. Right. So that's where, the, uh, and that's the, uh, a lot of people thought it would be impossible, but that's what we've been impossible. working on for the last 10 years. So we have about 60 different languages sets wow, so that we'll be able to talk to so many different devices and machines. And you currently have these this edge device program currently running, actively running right now? Yep. Okay. And we have been focusing on high-tech manufacturing. That's where the you know, need was. And of course, that makes sense. We have a lot of paper mills in Oregon, um, and if, the, if that paper mill has to shut down for an incident, that's millions and millions, millions. of dollars. Yeah, the, just in like ten seconds. Yeah, it's it's a critical. Uh, to give you an idea uh, of the need, high tech manufacturing, for example, the semiconductor manufacturer out of Samsung, out yeah. of Korea, in Samsung, yeah. one minute break, uh, uh, downtime means two hundred million dollar loss. Two hundred million, million dollars, dollars for how many minutes? One minute. One minute. Wow. So if it's a less than 30 seconds, your CEO will be notified right away. He might be fired. <laughs> <laughs> right. A 30 second window. Yeah. So that's the sort of the criticality that you're dealing with. But wow. same thing with uh, property management and building management. Mm -hmm. You can't translate the human laws into the dollar figure. It's, it's higher than that. So, so you're, you're even human. So what, what I think I hear you saying is a part of this... Um, interpretive process is being able to interpret human behavior as its own language to then proactively or preemptively 
stop future actions by that human element, which is obviously going to have more issues than the mechanical sure. and so, computative element, element, right? So, so that's, you're trying to stop those actions. Right. So that's okay. the next step. Now that we understand the machines and, try, and understand what's going to happen and what's happening mm-hmm. and being able to sort of predict what, what's going to happen in the next, say, next minute, next 30 seconds. And we are trying to integrate that intelligence with the video data so that we'll be able to combine the human data along with the machine data. That's and where he this comes is, in. And this is where PK comes in. So yes. PK, that predictive element we, that is now AI, which I'm con- I, I think AI is the new Netscape moment, right? Um, it, yeah. The Netscape Absolutely. was kind of the first browser, browser on the internet, that kind of that explosive growth right. under the Clinton administration. Right. So we had this um, this Netscape moment with AI, right. where we need that predictive analysis. We're at the point where we can bring all these languages together. Explain how Meg is solving that problem. Yeah, sure. So to put things in context, what uh, Jason was talking about was all these sensors you find in buildings and factories, right? For mm. In buildings, especially access control and building control, right? HVAC controls. All speak different languages and you need to control them, right? At MEC Computing, we are focused on the other source of data, which is cameras, primarily mm. today, focused on cameras. And to give you a perspective on why camera input is so important, is there were a billion cameras deployed last year in the world. A billion. Just think about that. Wow. Yeah. One camera for every six or seven people on this planet, right? Mm-hmm. Most of them are in China, but they're deployed all over the world right now, right? And most of the data, there's this data that says that 95% of the data is never analyzed. Wow. So think about all these institutions, you know, commercial institutions, buildings, factories. Everybody has surveillance cameras deployed. Yeah. And all the data is stored away, essentially, in a video management system. And nobody actually looks at that data mm-hmm. yeah. to gain yeah. insights. So what uh, we are doing at Mac Computing, and this is part of the intelligent video analytics approach, mm. is you look at the data and, as you were saying, proactively try to find insights that are actionable, that people can take action on, right? So for an example, for a building, it might mean that you want to monitor, say, the periphery of the building, and you want to monitor people breaking in or loitering. Yeah. And you want to, and I, th- I think we're going to see that more today. Mm-hmm. And you can, uh, you can then issue an alert and then take pre- a preemptive action, right? For, uh, and you can extend that to other things, uh, other uh, verticals. You can, in retail, you can be yeah. looking at customers, you can be looking at mm-hmm. shopping patterns. Mm-hmm. Smart cities, I know we're going to talk about that more. Yeah. You'll be looking at how to manage a city a parking area or a public area more mm-hmm. e- effectively. So there's various applications for video analytics in different spaces, right? And we uh, focus on that. Now, one of the key things, Alex, you mentioned earlier is AI, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So AI is what technology is, what's making this possible today, right? So when intelligent video analytics, I should say video analytics, when it started, uh, more than 20 years ago, right, when cameras started getting deployed and computer vision uh, came into force, the approach was using computer vision, right? Mm-hmm. Which basically means you take a picture, you look at the pixels, right, frame by frame, and you determine if there's a change in the pixel, and you can try yeah. to detect motion, right? So that's the approach people started taking, and that was like kind of the first or second generation approach to video analytics. Okay. 
And and but that, as you might expect, causes a lot of false alarms, right? Yeah, and I know this to be true coming from that law enforcement and security right. background. Right. That it, you know, a lot of these a little nine one one or BOEC yeah. bureaus of emergency communication centers, they don't even really take these active alarms, even on motion sensors. Correct. Because there are so many false alarms, exactly. they can't even respond anymore. Exactly. Yeah. And so the, the biggest problem plaguing all these operators of these security systems, right, yeah. is false alarms. Yeah. And I'll give you uh, one, one data point. We, we, uh, we have this, uh, say, in auto dealerships, right, or even in buildings, right? You have these cameras deployed, you're trying to monitor. So they typically will have special... So besides the video analytics they set up to detect motion or detect people, yeah, yeah. they will have another system set up in the cloud to filter the false alarms. Because the false alarms are so prevalent that the control centers or the monitoring stations, right, where mm -hmm. they go in, and you've got these people, you know, your stereotypical wearing headsets and looking at this picture. This, this is the live monitoring. Live monitoring. Right. We're calling this a legacy model. Yeah. yeah, this is a legacy model, live monitoring, where whether you deploy all these people, expensive resources, yeah. and all they do, and it's a very boring job, and they find yeah. terrible to keep these people employed, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's because you're just looking every frame by frame and trying to determine. And they're, they're responsible for thousands of cameras, because like you said, we just deployed another billion last year. Right. Thousands of cameras. Right. Right, are and being, at it, yeah. and, and then they and have to, to choose. Yeah. They have to choose from those thousands right. and thousands upon when they're alerted. Correct, and they have maybe ten seconds to determine if they yeah. think right. it's a criminal right. activity. And the yeah. and the the time, typical time to respond for these legacy systems, right, is about ten minutes or plus, yeah. because the 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 event happens, it goes in a queue. That's right. Then you filter it. There's another queue. Then you go to the monitoring station. Monitoring station staff might be uh, short-staffed, so it'll mm -hmm. go into a queue in the monitoring station. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And then the monitoring station, somebody's going to get to it, look at it, decide, oh, yeah, this is a real event happening, real break-in, yeah. so I need to send somebody. Then they contact the guard. Now, typically what happens in a typical scenario, mm -hmm. you contact a security company who then contacts another security company who then deploys the guard. Yes, right? dispatch to dispatch to dispatch. To dispatch, right. So if you look at the whole chain, it takes you like 10 to 15 minutes yeah. before somebody shows up. This is a real problem in, in our industry, exactly. uh, mm -hmm. as you're saying. So in, in, a, in, in Portland, Oregon, the average response time for law, law enforcement to a, a critical incident is about 14, 15 minutes. Yes, so that, that lines uh, up with the national average also, yeah. right? It is. Some places less, you know, but so, it's typically... Uh, some places are around seven to eight minutes, yes. but the, the main problem is the average residential commercial burglary Right or it's assault over. is yeah. less than seven minutes. Yes, over. Yeah. yeah. Right. So what we're talking about is reducing yes. using AI and tech. Right. Right. Knowing when someone accessed a building. Correct. Right. Verifying that through AI, yeah. and then getting a direct action response in less than seven minutes, reducing that. In less time. than a right. minute, right? So right. The, I, the right. ideal is now you use AI to determine with high accuracy because yeah. AI, what AI allows you to do is cut down on those false positives dramatically, mm -hmm. right? So we've seen evidence where we've cut down false positives from hundreds a night across, say, ten, typical 10 cameras in a location to maybe five, handful, right? right. right. So you cut down the false positives. So, so now the alerts coming in, you can trust them, right? So now that you trust the alerts, you don't have to filter them. You That's don't right. have to put them in a yeah. queue. That's right. You can send them directly to the guard who's stationed somewhere, yeah. right? 
and, and the guard could be having, security person could be having a mobile app, right? You can send the alert straight to the app and they can take action. Exactly. Right and this is what we developed yes. was this front end piece of this mobile app, right? Correct. Exactly. And, um, and, and that video information would be reinforced or validated with this, all the sensory information. Yes. Yeah. So and since like fire yeah. sensor information, yeah. humidity, access control, access, access control, control, echolocation, window break information, um, even uh, possible. Thermal tracking of individuals. Thermal tracking and air displacement. Yeah. When the Radar, LIDAR, breaks. all of this right. coming into one central location. Yeah, so and we then call AI that contextual analytics, right? Yeah. So combining video, that's the next step, right? right? Combining mm -hmm. video and sensors together. So not just looking at relying on, video itself, if you rely on with AI, you get very good results. Yeah. But now, next step, you right. combine the video the with physical the sensors. things, information. And the yeah. information is even more accurate, right? And so you can now do what's called contextual analytics or you know, mm. uh, contextual analysis where you can have rules now mm -hmm. that if my sensor, like say you have a door access control system, right. right? And you can say if my access control system is telling me there's an alarm and my video is also showing me there's a person, then I'm like 100% sure that some, there's a break yeah. can happen. Oh, yeah. And then I can I can rely on that information right with much more accuracy. So that's the best combination right. where you combine mm -hmm. video or, and sensors together. Or if the video analytics shows that there's some event, yeah. we also rely on machine data to right. validate it. Yes. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And we also has uh, based upon the machine data, we'll be able to tilt and zoom the pan camera. the video yeah. camera in such a way that you would be lo looking at right where the automatically trigger is uh, automatic yep. that's, so, that's exactly so what's AI driven access now. control AI driven control systems yes. right right yeah. Yeah. so that it works with the dispatcher works with the uh, force responders mm -hmm. to give them the the area of focus so that Correct. instead of wasting their time that point first floor second mm -hmm. window that's that's where his focus should yeah, be yeah and then they can track not just within different analytic zones within one camera stream but then also camera Across to camera cameras. Right. Yeah. so yeah. At, at, you get a unique tracking id whether through yes. facial recognition right. gait height weight right. Um, right. these things and then so that tracking id you can track this person all the way across the camera right. you can follow the person see what they're up to mm -hmm. if they're going into a zone they're not supposed to go into you can flag that right mm -hmm. so you can you can track people without using facial recognition using ai based techniques you can track people with unique ids yeah. right so that's one of the benefits so i'm gonna uh, mention a case study here and i'm gonna not mention the names um i was approached by a client this individual um, represents a ownership group that owns properties in multiple states, high-end commercial properties. They had an incident at a property where the, a domestic occurred between a top executive. The spouse came the next day, was able to access the garage because they had their spouse's vehicle, was able to access the building because mm -hmm. the spouse had a second uh, badge Right. That the, that this person had access to, and then they were able to get to the top floor. And during a board meeting, they actually killed their spouse oh, wow. in oh, front of man. their entire team. Wow! Okay. And so, at at what point will we be at a level of intelligence, actionable intelligence, where we can deploy things like stingers? So, in, in law enforcement, we have these stingers for for the for the guest. That's like a, a cell tower. The CIA does it, mm -hmm. you know, we try, when people turn on their phones, yeah. all these government, we all, we all do this, not just the CIA, but we're tracking cell phone numbers and cell phone data. Right. 
right. and these IP addresses, uh -huh, these right. unique addresses on these tech devices. At what point could we have, if their internet would have been open, tr said, hey, we know that IP address. We know that license plate. We have fac facial recognition, right? Could then that, could AI then initiate a lockdown by floor or by building or by by area? Yeah. How so, far away are we from this? So I would say, you know, what you're bringing up yeah. is what uh, in the industry, the big trend is the convergence of physical security and cybersecurity, yeah. Yeah. right? Mm -hmm. Because what's, what's been happening is people typically talk about physical, have been talking about physical security. Mm. But cybersecurity is now getting more and more importance, right? And 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 the and the link is in the industry they're seeing is they're both like kind of rely on each other. Most of the, by the way, cybersecurity break-ins happen because of physical security flaws, right? Yeah, that's very critical to expound upon that because, uh, like you're saying, cybersecurity, which is your your networks within a building or within a network, right? Yeah. Most of those breaches happen because of physical security issues. For example, yeah. the latest issue, right, where this person, right, uh, took all these pictures of these sensitive documents and yeah. and yeah. posted them. Right on yep. this channel. Now he had physical access to those things, right? Exactly. Yeah. Or even if you look at Snowden, sometime back, Edward Snowden, yep, yeah, NSA. He, he was able to get access to all the data because he had physical access yeah. to the building, to the site, right? So it's always a combination of physical security and cybersecurity. Now, mm -hmm. in this case, I'm not very familiar with the details, but the trend is if you are able to define the environment where, on a single platform, if you can not only analyze physical security threats, mm. like somebody trying to break in or you're monitoring somebody, and then you see some cyber security patterns in the network, mm -hmm. like somebody trying to access the network that not they're supposed to, right? Who know who's not supposed to. Then you can try to combine the two mm -hmm. and then define an event and prevent incidents like that. That's right? amazing. That's, that's yeah. what, what we uh, industry calls endpoint analytics. Endpoint analytics. Yeah, okay. so you, you have all the circumstantial data, but mm -hmm. that data would be married into the what he or she or that particular cell phone is doing. Yeah. Is it in the, uh, the regular pattern? Yeah. Are yeah. we seeing something different today? Yeah. Is yeah. she doing something anomalous today? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Then trigger is a lot, automatic trigger, there's alarm, and another layer of analytics is run on just to ensure mm -hmm. that right. she or she, he's doing everything typical or that particular device yeah. is doing something natural. Yeah. Or is it something Anomalous, mm -hmm. something, right, something right. different. Do we yeah. need to put pay our full attention yeah. onto that particular device or a particular person mm -hmm. of interest? Mm -hmm. You know, that's what we call uh, uh, endpoint analytics. That's something that is being added into the physical security and cybersecurity these days. Yes, yeah. anomaly, any kind of anomaly detection, right? Could yeah. be of human behavior, human behavior right. or yeah. network behavior. Mm -hmm. Oh, really? Network yeah, behavior. network behavior okay. too. Oh, because wow. networks. Right typically will have mm. a pattern of behavior, right? You'll see some attempts coming from certain IP addresses, right? Mm -hmm. And suddenly one day you see, you're getting a lot of requests for some other IP addresses, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which could, you know, denote some kind of attack happening. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the, the behavior patterns you can set up for both uh, people and networks, right? Mm -hmm. And then monitor that. And, and then the, that's the benefit of monitoring both of them together and then seeing kind of patterns between them. So when we're discussing the convergence of you know AI and uh, controls, mm -hmm. AI-driven controls. Let's, let's think of a case study and I, with with the idea of of understanding the time frame that it would take sub second, sub millisecond. So we have ten sensors in this room. Mm -hmm. All these sensors are triggering anomalies, right? The AI is 
taught to say it, it, when these anomalies occur in this pattern, right, it's likely going to be this type of incident. How long is all that taking? Well, to give you an idea, uh, let me take an example of a quite recent incident. I can't divert the, the, the where it happened, but this mm. is a very critical facility, and uh, the fire detection mm. is is critical because if you could detect the fire and put it out, say within three seconds, you're talking about hundreds, hundreds of hundred cases of losses. Wow. If it's if it lasts more than ten seconds and start generating dust and particles and all that. That's hundreds of millions of dollars loss. So you so, have to wow. put out the fire within 10 seconds. You so get that seven second, second gap is the difference between oh. 250,000 and so 100 million. Multi-million, yes. Yeah. Wow, okay. So, uh, Seconds. So the, the, another thing for, for us to take into the consideration is whether this is accurate information, mm -hmm, that mm -hmm. actionable information that we could really act on. Because yeah. in this particular facility, you don't put the water to put out the fire. You you put the CO2 into the air so that you suck up all the oxygen. Gotcha. That's how they put out the fire. Mm -hmm. So, but if there's anybody, any human being, any worker in the facility, yeah. he would long would collapse instantly. Yeah. So the accuracy of the information is critical. The response time is critical. And so we deployed five, six different type of sensors and all the five different sensors told me that this is a critical information, critical, mm -hmm. the fire, fire is about to start. And we have a video analytics integrated and access control integrated. So we know for sure that there, yeah, in yeah. this particular zone, there's no workers. And video analytics tell me that for the past seven, seven minutes, there's no access control, no human being coming wow, into wow, the zone. Wow, wow. And we have a one video shot around it. Critical. No, no, yeah. no human. Then we just let out the, put out the fire. Right. By the, uh, the right. such uh, such an I way of mm -hmm. instant, you know, the yeah. extinguisher. How so many, that's how it happens. It's, it's how many accolades? Seconds. How many accolades w w did you get? I get two plaques of recommendation yeah. and appreciation from Good the job. client. That's impressive. If I owned that company, I would keep you very close to me, <laughs> <laughs> for sure. Um, let's talk about. Um, let's kind of bring it back to Portland, um, and and the things you know, tech is important. Sure. And saving microchips are important. But I think what's going to really drive the industry is saving people, mm -hmm. right? And so uh, and here in Portland, there's a lot of people that are pushing for echolocation. It's called shot spotter, right? They right, want to be able right. to identify where um, f firearms have been discharged in order to you know, allocate resources, real-time resources, sure. law enforcement in the field, um, as I understand it, AI is not really driving this, but could you kind of give a scenario where if AI was interpreting a lot of this data, right, maybe cars running red lights, these types of things, would that make it more effective? I mean, how, wh 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 what are we really talking about when we're talking about securing areas and making people safe? Yeah, so AI, I make a general statement, right? AI in general can help with uh, any problem like this, right? Mm -hmm. It's how you apply AI carefully, right? For mm -hmm. example, you know, you have to be sensitive to the fact, even in physical security surveillance, you don't want to do facial recognition, for example. Which right? is illegal in Portland. Which yes. is illegal in many places, yeah. including Portland. Yeah. And so you can do without it, right? You can use techniques without facial recognition and still get your job done, mm -hmm. right? Similarly for firearm detection, so there, there's various techniques, right? One of the techniques is people use acoustic sensors. 
mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Yep. Or special mm-hmm. kind of sensors, or even vibration sensors, mm-hmm. right. so that if they detect something within some distance, they know there's a gunshot. Gunshot has a very specific kind of vibration, so they can detect that. Mm-hmm. And that will give you, say, one indication, right? Something has happened. You can couple that with uh, other sensors, right? So you can have an acoustic sensor, a vibration sensor, mm-hmm. a video sensor, like and a video sensors. image, right? Oh, wow. right? okay. So video image, now people mm-hmm. are deploying this in various schools now, right? Yes. Uh, yes. Uh, there was one, uh, latest one I saw in Philadelphia, I believe, school system. Yeah, Pittsburgh or Philadelphia. Yeah. It was definitely Pennsylvania. Yeah, and somewhere yeah. in Pennsylvania, right? Where they're deploying this. And the idea there is that if somebody is entering a school with a gun, they've got these cameras that can detect p- potentially and issue an alert before the incident happens. So a firearm verification um, so they claim detection system. They can, de- well, the, the, the promise is, right, that... Of course, it, no one's walking in. It's yeah, very no one's un- walking in brandishing a firearm, yeah. right? But the, but the promise is that, okay, I'm going to, the camera's going to detect a firearm, right, and, and issue an alert, right? Typically, the firearm is going to be concealed, right? Typically, yeah. right? And there is, you know, the possibility of indexing, Indexing in our in my field is the subconscious um, yes behavior right. behavior right. of constantly needing to touch something yes. that's illegal like a right. firearm or drugs. Right, Con- right. I think maybe I think it's three times every ten seconds. Right. If someone's so you can you can look for those behaviors. Yeah. Right? So yeah. You can look for those behaviors with video analytics and trying to reinforce that something is suspect. So behavioral analysis can be done very effectively uh, with video analysis and uh, video mm-hmm. analytics mm-hmm. and AI, but I think the promise of detecting the firearm itself it might be overpromised. So you got to use some other techniques. Obviously, metal detectors help, but you yeah, know, yeah. is it practical? So it has to be a combination yeah. of things, right, to uh, to make the problem to solve the problem. So let's stay on the schools area because that's something that's near and dear to me. Um, when I was in law enforcement, I, I worked a lot in the schools, right, and um, I also d- did some juvenile sex crimes, things like this. So. At what point, is there a point in the future, in the near future, where, because, I mean, a handgun is hard to, is, is easy to hide. And usually if a student's bringing a gun to school, mm-hmm. it's almost always a handgun. Right. But most school shootings are long guns. Right. So if someone exits their vehicle with a long gun mm-hmm. and they're walking towards an entrance of a school, at what point in the future will AI be able to detect that and then engage in... AI-driven access control system that didn't start locking the school down, or go through an app like ours, SITREP, where then an administrator, inform somebody. yeah, and then they can then engage the access control right. on their phone. Right. What, can, at what point are we? If the person mm-hmm. is walking with the gun, right, carrying the gun, yeah. right, then you can very accurately detect it with AI, right? Yeah. Yeah. AI yeah. models can be trained mm-hmm. to detect different kinds of guns, right? The long guns, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But if it's a concealed, then you cannot. But long guns, yeah, you can train it very effectively. Uh, if the person is walking with that and then issue an alert to a local law enforcement or somebody right, yeah. to try to clamp down the place. Yeah. And then it not, not only could AI then lock the building down, yeah. right? But it could then give real-time information to yes. law enforcement as to where the individual is within the building. Yes, right. and this is track good. the person. And, and yeah. someone who's been in critical incidents, someone who's been in, you know, I've been, I've been there and I've done that, right? Finding the person that's engaging in the criminal activity usually is what takes the longest yes, point of right. amount of time. Yeah. And having that situation report coming through right. in real time in right. sub-second, yeah. sub-millisecond time, yeah. that's what's going to be able to right. uh, allow that direct action yes. or that direct asset yes. 
yes. to then uh, right. you know, eliminate that threat. And, and I'd like to draw the attention to the fact that it requires uh, infrastructure for the video analytics to be more effective. You would require higher resolution cameras, not the 4K, 400K, you know, that, that's not gonna work. But higher resolution, higher resolution means you need to take more video into the network. Yeah. So most of the schools and facilities that I visited, their infrastructure is not really ready. It's That's not. one of the reasons that you know, the yeah. modern technology doesn't really deliver. It, for the modern technology to really deliver, not you need enough to have information. infrastructure. Wow. Net, better networks, better, better CCTV cameras, mm -hmm. and high resolution sensors. To deploy those, you need, you need some you know, uh, government interest, public interest, into the improving the infrastructure. That's yeah. that's what really right. counts. So investment in the public infrastructure at the school level, right? To get the, the right type of infrastructure in place right. that can deliver enough ones and zeros right. to make it effective and quick. I mean, interesting right. thing is in in, one of, yeah. in Asia where we where I'm come from, the gun is not really much of an issue. Of course, yeah. Uh, but in, when I was doing a smart city project, consulting project in the San Diego, you know, the the gun detection was a, such a problem, but how do you how do you help first responders to locate the mm. and, and come to the right spot where yeah. the gun is discharged? You could detect the gun and give you the two hundred meter radius of this yeah. I think is the area where, where the gun is detected. But if you go into the downtown city, two hundred meter radius, that's a lot of buildings. Oh, a lot it's of a streets. Lot, yeah, that's a lot. Yeah. One of the idea that we did was to let's put these smart LED lights with uh, uh, the, the control systems. Hmm. We will be able to locate the, work with the gun gunshot detectors and locate the exact locations within say two blocks and have the lights turn up blinking in a, to give you a visual yeah, cue yeah. for the first responders. This is where you want to be. Wow. You know, that's one of the idea that we that's tried. That's an amazing idea. No, no, that's, a, that's actually very important. We are working on a project, a uh, smart city project, which is relevant to uh, managing cities and mm -hmm. where they have these special lamps, right? Mm -hmm. They deploy in the street. In the, street. the lamps uh, obviously provide light, but besides that, they have cameras in the lamp and they have 5G modems in yeah. the lab. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. They, they basically become hotspots, right? Mm -hmm. yeah. So yeah. you don't have to use Wi-Fi. No. They're hotspots. And the camera analytics is basically trained to look at people, and if anybody's in distress, any person, for example, mm -hmm. say somebody has fallen, mm -hmm. or somebody's running in distress and asking for help, the video analytics sees that and generates an alert right away right. to get help, and the lights start flashing. Well, so that's great. So you know where it is. So you have a location. So this technology mm -hmm. well, is, is, is getting deployed now. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. And, this is really and, uh, amazing. It is available. Yeah. Extending yeah. from buildings to smart cities, right, yeah. is I think what we want to see today also. Yeah. So I'm going to pivot because there's always the question of Skynet, right? Mm. And for Skynet is a reference to a movie where yeah. the machines take over and they eventually determine that there's that they need to create an apocalypse to destroy the human race for self-preservation and you have that and then you also have the general there's a i, I would say there's a general anxiety just about the idea of sur of a surveillance, surveillance state right. and i think a lot of this comes from just the development of control countries we'll call we'll just say control countries these are countries that uh we feel don't play well with you know the general population of the 
of the uh, other countries, right, that are represented, like United Nations. And these control countries tend to have more of surveillance states. They're they're more they're using a lot of this technology really to figure out what their individual citizens are doing to give them more control over their population. Right. And so I think there's a, you know on on the entire political sphere, everyone is concerned about this. How how do we how do we make sure that that what we're doing doesn't become that? But let me preface it with this: we're really lucky because in America we have a constitution. So we, you know, in London, there are larger surveillance states. You know, I know that a lot of times New Zealand has chosen to do case studies mm -hmm. because they don't have the issues that you would have in America to do uh, to to monitor things on a on a city level in public view. So, without all with all that being said, kind of give me an idea of how we continue to deploy this technology, but to do it in a way that has oversight. Yeah, so any technology, and, you, and, and this is cliche, but any technology, right, is, uh, can be used for good or bad, right? So, yeah. so we know yeah. that. So, so same thing uh, goes for AI and video, everything, mm -hmm. right? So some of the states you talked about is controlled states. Uh, they're using the technology to uh, monitor the, 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 the inhabitants, the citizens, yeah. right, and, and trying to get better control of them. But the same technology is used in, uh, let's say, liberal states or Western states, right, for, uh, say, law enforcement. In London, yeah. which has a very extensive yep. network of cameras yep. uh, everywhere. By the way, New York has more cameras than London. People don't know that. Oh, I did not know that. Yes. Really? Yes. But you don't hear about that much. And fewer residents. Yeah, but it's all yeah. there. But you don't hear about it much. Yeah. London, uh, you hear about it because they talk about it all the time. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah. And they And they use it effectively for law enforcement. Yeah, they do. Yeah. People... Incidents happen. They're able to track the person down going into the well, know, and their mass transit system almost requires it. Underground, like yeah. a, the bombing of the yes. uh, the tube or a subway. Right, exactly. All these trains have to be rerouted and stopped. Right. Or can yeah. So so they they do that. So it all comes down to technology regulation, right? And yeah, the same yeah. thing goes for AI. If you recall, as technologies were rolled out, people always even before AI today, right? If you go back, say 10, 20 years, when when the internet technology first came out, yeah, people were like, you know, this is going to take over the world and destroy our kids, and yeah. you know, yeah. everything's going to happen. And even yeah. before that, I was looking at a report when you'll find this when calculators were first introduced back in the fifties for children in school. So going from the abacus to a calculator, right? Okay, okay. The teachers went on strike in, in American oh, schools. Wow, wow. Because they thought that the children are not going to be able to learn math anymore, wow. right? Because they're going to use calculators, yeah, yeah. right? So we, we went that wave, then we went through the internet. Now AI, now you might know this, this is happening in Congress. Now this is not the best place to make regulations on AI, but Congress is trying very hard yeah. to come up with, and the AI leading guys from the leading companies have themselves told Congress that please regulate us. Right. Really? Yeah. Oh, wow. So oh. the Google, Facebook, I mean Meta, you know, Microsoft, mm, yeah, all yeah. of them have appealed to Congress that please introduce some legislation now because with the latest AI t technology, if it is not controlled properly, right, it, it can go, people can use it for, um, you know, mischievous purposes, right? Yeah. So there is a demand right now to, uh, the, from the industry itself to regulate it, right? And I think the government has to step yeah. in globally. Right, and Europe is trying to do the is same. Is this thing. to protect the industry from future lawsuits, likely, or not just civil lawsuits, lawsuits? But, but actually, no. These people are actually <clears throat> concerned that somebody can misuse the technology and cause the, the threat. You know, you talked about Skynet. They are talking about yeah. threats like that right now. Yeah, yeah. It has. It's becoming more and more real. Yeah. The the AI is becoming so powerful now that 
that is a possibility, right? So they want to regulate that right now to prevent anything like that even remotely happening. So with the proper regulation, right, we, can, we, we cannot stop it, right? So we have mm -hmm. to regulate mm -hmm. it and use it responsibly for the benefits, right? Mm, yeah. Uh, yeah, and manage it better, right? So inclusive technology, uh, fair technology, ethical yeah, technology, yeah. that's really a critical concept. Up until now, as if you look at the technology, it's been uh, the feature development. It, development was the focus. Yeah. I, I think now we are moving on uh, mature enough, technology mature yeah. enough and deployed enough. Now we are moving into the next phase of how could we more inclusive? How could we, how could we design the system or uh, technology in such a way that it, it, it is fair, ethical? So that we are yeah. moving into that phase. So we're going now. to a, a stage of discipline. Well, we have to discipline ourselves uh, to and do good. The regulation yeah. framework. Right. Yeah. So well, regulation well. is one way, and mm -hmm. another was uh, internal, intrinsic self-control by the designers yeah. and the uh, scientists yeah. to put in those features yeah. so that you would be inclusive, ethical, yeah. and accurate and so reliable. So my concern. This is just my concern, and. It, I just kind of it just kind of happened, but when you have control states, whose main force in the in the world is theft, there's like a kleptocracy almost. Of the, you have governments that are a klep, mm -hmm. kleptocracies. They are ruled by thieves because they're driven by the greed of their own profits and to protect those profits by through one party rule, right? And so when you have that main desire, I'll just call it greed. Mm -hmm. um, and we're not talking about economic systems. We're talking about the individuals in control, right? When greed is the, the, the main um, purpose for, for, these, for the theft and reuse and repurpose of this, is it possible to have that discipline? Because if we don't, at some point, these control states, because of their desire, We'll they can abuse the technology. They can abuse it, yeah, and then sure. also learn faster. Yes, and they are. They are doing that. They're ramping up, and they, 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 mm -hmm. there's potential for abuse, definitely. I mean, if, if the governments themselves sanction and sanction it, right, or use it for their own purpose, uh, they can abuse it, right. And yeah. they, even today's technology, they're abusing it, and tomorrow's technology, they'll continue to abuse it. Yeah. But the safety is that the on the flip side, you know, we have to be prepared to be able to protect ourselves against attacks from. Yes, them, because right? this is. AI is moving, it's all the convergence of cyber, AI, right. direct action, physical right. security. Right. The convergence is real, right. and we do need to protect ourselves. Right. So right. We have to protect ourselves mm -hmm. with proper regulations, with proper you know, behavior, uh, you know, and, 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 and superior, superior yeah. ones and zeros. And superior technology, yeah. yeah. We have to be stay yeah. ahead yeah. of the curve, right? Yes. That's the only way to protect ourselves. Yeah, and the only way to protect ourselves against future intellectual property theft is this technology. Yes, right. Right, this technology will be the buffer from control states stealing our tech yes. in the future. It will help us protect uh, barriers in national boundaries, everything, yeah. both cyber and physical. Yeah. Okay, so we could talk about this for, for forever. forever. Forever, but we're gonna we're gonna. This is a ride along, right? Okay. We're gonna go on a ride along. Sure. We have some of this technology deployed here in properties. And we're going to go, we're going to test it. Okay. The, the security company that's responding, I'm currently CEO of, um, they're not going to be notified of when we're testing the tech, but we're going to test these analytics and we're going to test the response times. Okay, cool. And then after that, we're actually going to meet with a developer, a local developer that's um, creating a large community 
and they want that whole community to be smart. So we're going to run through that and we're going to look at what it takes to develop a smart community. Okay. Sounds good? Great. All right, let's All ride. Right. Good. Okay. We're meeting with Adam Schneider. He actually just pulled up. Great. He's the CEO of Sentinel Overwatch Services, which is a value-added distributor of Meg. So they're deploying with other companies make that solutions in the field. Hey Adam, how's it going, man? Hey Adam. Good to see you, bro. Good to see you. Adam. Hey Adam. Hey Jason. Jason, Jason. Adam, nice to meet you. Adam, nice to meet you. Nice to meet you. PK? Yeah. You ready to go? I am. You got yep. a couple slides right. for us picked out? Yes, I do. All right, let's hit it. Let's go. All righty. Great. So this Great. is the site. Yeah, yep. Okay. So uh, prior to us launching on this site, there was a, a lot of drug use, loitering, um, it was quite a lot to handle for the clients and, and uh, customers coming to visit. So um, once we deployed here, um, we've seen a significant decrease in crime activity, mostly because of the response time. So mm -hmm. when someone walks in there, we're gonna track the notification being triggered and we're gonna see how long it's taking the security guard company to respond. So this is their analytic is in this area, right? Yes, yep, there's a camera that's okay. back hidden in that cubbyway. Okay, I see, yeah, um, top right side. Yep, yep, exactly, and this is the zone that we've drawn, so mm -hmm. we can, we can. Oh, these are the virtual fences. Exactly, so this yeah. is the virtual fence, so we know. And this is the Meg UI UX. Yes, correct, okay. yep, wow. so this is the Meg Video Analytics Solutions um, that's powering our company, and so when someone walks into this zone, uh, the threshold's set for 15 seconds. So after 15 seconds, you're going to see the notification turn mm -hmm. red, and it's going to alert the officer that's working. Do you mind if we district. just walk someone in there so that you can kind of see? Please do. Yeah, okay, let's yeah. go ahead and test the response sure. time. Okay, wow. We won't stay in there more than 15 seconds. So you can see us on the iPad. Yep. Yep. So keep going in. Go uh -huh. in. Wow. Keep oh, going gosh. and just yeah. hang out there for. Stay there. Okay, the owner of the parking garage is having trouble issues. Watching this, uh, we don't really look like criminals, but <laughs> I'm trying. I try my best. So Adam, did it trigger? Yep. Yep. No, he's, the, uh, he's got the little audio notification went to the officer, and now we're waiting for officer response. So we stay here, or we come out? You guys can walk out. Yeah, you can stay there. Do you also provide the the audio alarms? So some clients, some clients do like to have the audio. The problem is the audio, real interdiction requires us to identify the suspect. So if you do an audio, you're kind of telling them you're not coming, number one. Number two, if they leave and you don't identify them, they'll just come back later, right? So what we want to do is we want, we want to provide the opportunity for the security company, that real direct action asset, mm -hmm. right? To get in the field, to beat the cycle time, catch or capture the person in the activity, identify them and trespass them. Mm -hmm. Because ultimately that trespass is what's gonna stop them from coming back in the future. Yeah. Yeah. You'll get maybe 20% effective results with a, uh, with a call down, but you'll get an 85 to 90% sure. effective results or drop in incident. Well, right? in, in, the reason I was asking about the audio warning is that in Korea, you have to keep the warning first. That's a oh, part that's of the, the regulation. Really? Yeah, so the video will have to be, yeah. once it is triggered, you have to have an audio playing. You are in. You are trespassing. It can be. You have ten seconds to leave or back in the area. AI generated. It can oh. be uh -huh. a real person. Yeah, right? they're dependent on the scenario. Recorded, yeah. Yeah. recorded audio being replayed. That's what we prefer. We would prefer a general 
audio recording rather than having to pay for that physical asset. And some of our some of our properties, we've been able to API the existing technology for a voice sure. down, and so sure. now we've gotten an automated voice down as well as this notification sure. trigger. Right. So real time, officers aware, as well as a voice down being mm -hmm. deployed. In some instances, there's lights that are attached to that, so right. lights as well as a voice Flashing down. and voice but the, audio. But the biggest difference is that while that's taking place, an officer's already in route. Right. Whereas in typical legacy uh -huh. models, yeah. that's taking place, but nobody's been notified for a response yet. So you'd be able to check, you know, check off all the check boxes to, right. if needed, to file charges. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And all the information stays in the arresting party's hands. Absolutely. Right? So the officer Absolutely. can use that information. They can testify. We can pop, compile all mm. of that data. Well, and they'll be they're able to identify the individuals yep. with the video. Sure. So we're at two minutes and forty seconds. So do you know if the alert has gone to the officer? officer? Yes, yep, so, it has. So do you know if the officer has received it and is responding right now? Yeah, within one second, the officer has okay. acknowledging. The, and, yep, exactly. They get the notification. With so within a, with one second lane. of the analytic having been triggered, the guard who's already patrolling the area was notified on like Correct. a device. Correct, their uh, cell phone, yep, it, their cell phone. Goes, a notification goes directly to their handheld mm -hmm. with a link. So they can click the link, right. and the link is going to look similar to we'll this as an it. event history. So this is what will pop up, and so yeah. the guard is going to see, hey, there's three individuals That's that are loitering. That's me smoking meth. <laughs> <laughs> right. And so the officer will see this, and they'll be able to know what they're, what they're responding wow. to and what right, to expect. Right. So the question is, if the officer sees Alex, will they still respond? Yeah, <laughs> true story. <laughs> true story. Yeah. So they, they do vet human false positives, right? So because they can access live monitoring as well, they can make the decision that, hey, these are maintenance guys, or hey, these aren't people posing in a Yeah, we don't right. look that suspicious, threat. right? That right. is true. I didn't think about that. Mm -hmm. We so, might have maybe got a fake bike or something and right. try to maybe take a bike apart. Mm -hmm. Right, maybe like a chop shop activity that might have been more effective. Sure. So I'm thinking, yeah, you know, that's a good point. If the officer is looking at the video and deciding right. whether this is a real threat or not, real issue, whether or that's not, a known, yeah, 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 he might decide not to respond. That's very true. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Which would be actually a good decision. Yes, it's a good decision. Oh, yeah, that's a good decision. I don't think we we're doing we're just hanging out. Right. Right. right so that right. could be a problem. Mm -hmm. But we'll see. You don't want to. Uh, oh, yeah, you don't want to. I, I think so. That's, we don't. Uh, our vehicles are not marked security because we want to show up and surprise them. Sure. Ah. If you see security, they'll run. Uh -huh. Identity right, is interdict. Right, right. So we don't ever use any security logos. So, on our the attention to the detail is yeah, really. Yeah. Because that someone would think here. a criminal would think, oh, that's just a regular person parking. Yeah. So is that your vehicle? Yeah, yeah, that's mm -hmm. our vehicle. Yep. Yeah. What time is it? Ten forty-six. No, how many? How long has it been? Took about yeah. four minutes. I think. Less than four minutes. Four minutes. Okay. So the alert was triggered at ten forty one, ten forty six. So five minutes. Five yeah. minutes. Not bad. Under five minutes. Hey, we're just testing the the system today. Okay. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. I know you're busy, man. We don't we don't we don't need to keep you, bro. Okay. Yeah. I appreciate it. Thanks for your response. Yeah. Uh, under five minutes. That's awesome. Wow. Yeah. Good That's job. Really great. Yeah. Oh. Wow. Oh, this is PK I'm Jason. Cody. Hi. I'm Cody. Cody. He's one of our supervisors in the field. This is his. Obviously, a very important neighborhood, and a very important person in that neighborhood is what you need. So sure. he's our guy here. Yeah, yeah. Awesome. thanks, cool. bro. Appreciate, Appreciate you, bro. Have a good day. Be safe. Yep. Your beard looks majestic. 
Yeah. That was great, by the way. Yeah, That's great. That's a. Wow. It's great to see this in action. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah it's, I mean, it's it's amazing because again, the average response time to a critical incident, a shooting, yeah, is fourteen and a half minutes. Right. Right. And the average commercial burglary, the average crime is under seven because every right. criminal knows they have yeah. at least seven minutes. Seven minutes. And we actually, I've seen that. We yeah, we beat minutes. it by two, two minutes. minutes. Right. And, uh, and so this, we interdicted, we can get the arrest yeah. and mm -hmm. prosecution. And that's yeah. what locks down these properties. Awesome. You want to go to the next property? Yeah, let's go test a different district. So the way that the security company works is they have different districts all throughout Portland. That's right. Right now we're in what's called the Pearl District. Uh -huh. So we're going to head down into a more uh, saturated area in downtown. Um, and we're going to be testing out another site with a different officer response. Okay. Cool. Right. Awesome. So, I love it. All right, so this is uh, our second property okay. that we'll be okay. testing Echelon's response from. Um, this is the PAE Living Building. Uh, this is a part of a larger property management group that has deployed our services on multiple of their properties. Um, so today, now that we're in a different district, it should be a different officer. So we're gonna go over and we're gonna trigger the loitering analytic. Mm -hmm. um, when we first took over this property, we were getting calls all day, every day. Um, and one of the things that happened was when one of the employees of the property was interacting with a houseless person and trying to report to dispatch, there was a retaliation attack that happened. Oh, and so now this completely eliminates that uncomfortable interaction um, and it drives the safety of the property up as well for the employees and for clients. Basically. So um, let's go get an idea of what it what takes uh, in All downtown. Right. And it's going to be right here. Uh, okay. So the one of the bigger issues that we've had, and you can see here, right? So it's an exit. There's a lot of pry marks. Oh, this is okay. actually an entrance. Um, it's a bike room. So this is oh, where wow, they wow, store wow. their bikes. Uh -huh. um, so not only is it a great spot to stay dry and to loiter and use drugs, yeah. but it's also a lot of high value items in here. And so you can see all the different, so many, wow, uh, okay. all the different pry marks uh -huh. that are taking place here. Um, so we can go ahead and I'll just stand in here. Oh, that's the camera. Yep, yep, exactly. Yeah. So right now we are detecting, we have video analytics that are tracking each one of you. Oh, wow. Um, and here in about 15 seconds, uh, you'll be triggering the analytic, um, which just now was triggered. So the officer should be getting the response now. That makes sense. I mean, getting in and out of a door shouldn't take more than five to seven seconds, even with a bike, right. a bicycle, really, maybe right. 10 at the most. Yep. So your default uh, is 15 here? Uh, at this location, it is for 15 seconds before it triggers the notification. And now, PK, if you come over here, what's really cool is even though you're out of the zone, stay right there, your analytic is continuing uh, to yeah. track you in red. Right. Right. So even though you've left the zone, our officers can be confident that as you're you know, leaving, yeah. that you are the one that still created that, mm -hmm. that uh, uh, incident. So um, again, we're able to track yeah. real time. So if the officer's monitoring the live camera, yeah. they'll be able to yeah. see you right. going from location And again, location. remember, this is a less, a less residential area. Look around, there's no right. eyes. Mm -hmm. See how there's no eyes on us? Because yeah. this is all commercial people are up in their buildings working. So this is prime, this is a prime area to break into a room right. and just steal a bike.
you had a lot of issues here, it looks like. Yeah, before. so we had a lot of loitering issues uh, and tent set up. And so what this does is it gets us early detection on people who are trying to camp or trying to set up tents. And so okay. we can intervene, okay. um, potentially offer resources. So you guys set up the, uh, different zones here? Yes, exactly. Mm -hmm. We oh, are at two minutes. Oh, there you go. And that's amazing. Yeah, that really is amazing. Yeah. So two minutes. Uh, we have an officer on site. How's it going? It's going. How's it going? It's, it's this guy. It's this guy. He was, he <laughs> was recording. He was loitering. <laughs> hey, yeah. sir, do you live here or <laughs> I, I don't. This is uh, Mar. Mar's Sorry, I'm officer. Frank. Jason, uh, PK. I'm PK. How's it going? Where were you at when you got uh, alerted? Well, I'm actually with a gentleman on the other side here. I'm giving him a couple minutes. Okay, take your time. We, we, you can go do your thing, bro. So you were already dealing with something? Well, this? Yeah, I was over here on lot 49 dealing with an individual. the alert you were able to still do a little bit of work with him and then break contact come over here knowing how close i was i figured i could i could do both that's okay wow. wow 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 that's awesome that's amazing yeah great response time man. i know less yeah. than three minutes in this district specifically with the sos going on generally there's an officer within five to five minutes if not shorter we can wow. be here awesome wow. that's great thanks mark amazing appreciate you bro great. Uh, you can, back to work safe, let man. us know if you need anything no no worries all right. I'm here for you. Hi, brother. Cool. Wow. That was great. That was awesome. Wow. The weird thing is, during that entire time, not one person walked by. Again, these high dense areas, these commercial areas, business districts, when no one's walking around, mm -hmm. you need to have community engagement. What makes an area safe is the is increasing People, community yeah. engagement. Yeah. Sure. Right. So having that district officer walking around, right, engaging every single person on all the properties, right. This is what is going to make people feel like. I need to go somewhere else. Right. If I'm going to commit crime, mm -hmm. I should go somewhere else. Right. Technology in action. Yeah. Technology in action. Actual yeah. action. Actual things happening. Yeah. yeah. This is great. Mm -hmm. It is yeah. great. Providing yeah. the actionable intelligence. It's what we talked early in the morning. Yep. You know how things happen, response yep. times, and now we are seeing that in action. I'm just surprised my guard. Yes, he showed up. Yeah. He, he showed up, and I, what two, three minutes? Yeah, three minutes. I mean, that's right. amazing. And over there, in, in less than five minutes. Yeah. 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 Right. And, and the different, the bigger difference wow. too between this district and the Pearl District is that the Pearl District's a lot of roving, so they're doing a lot more driving as well as walking. And downtown is a lot more of a walking district. So the fact that he got here in three minutes was incredible. I yeah. mean, he could have been six blocks away. Yeah. Um, yeah. So really great response time down here. Wow. Awesome. Yeah. Technology in action. Enabling, yeah. you know, solving problems. Uh, security guys yeah. to focus on what he or she could really yeah. yep. impact yep. and contribute for the community. Yeah, Amazing. exactly. All right. So, where next? I don't know. I think I we're going to hit up a smart community. I think that's all on the agenda. So we're here with, again, PK Gupta, Jason No, Adam Schneider, and myself we're on the ride along. We just finished up on some properties that uh, are, are running the Overwatch program, our Overwatch services, provided by Meg, um, distributed to different clients by Sentinel Overwatch services, Adam Schneider here, the COO. And we're here to meet with Hurley Development. They're a development company in the Northwest Territory here in, the, in 
northwest part of America. They have a large swath of land they're going to be developing and they want to make that entire development smart. So all the buildings, both residential, commercial, everything connected and working together. So we're going to meet with this uh, team and see, you know, what the possibilities are. So today we're, you know, we've been seeing these other sites and now we're having that larger discussion of what it looks like to do a larger platform. Sure. Mm -hmm. yeah. Multiple buildings, right? Maybe a city. Public spaces. Right, exactly. So that's kind of what we're doing today. Hello. Hello. Hi. We're here, we have a meeting with, I think, Nick and Jason. Oh, okay. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. Hey. Oh, hey. Good to see you. Yeah. How you doing? Good. Yuri, Nick. Welcome to Good to see you, bro. Yeah. I choose you to the Echelon and SOS. This is Adam, COO, Sentinel Overwatch nice Services. Hi. PK Kupta, CEO, make Good to see you. meeting you. Yeah, sure. That's perfect. He's on the phone right now, but if you write in. Yeah, yeah perfect. Well, awesome, guys. Thank you. Hey, Jason. Hey, guys. What's up? Hey. hey Jason. Jason. Thanks for meeting with us today. I know you're really busy. I appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah. For you, anything. No. <laughs> <laughs> so glad you guys would come out and, and chat about this, and we love what you guys are doing on the podcast and uh, it's really interesting because the stuff you guys are talking about is the same kind of stuff we're dealing with here. We're dealing with it from the developer side. So uh, for, as a developer, you know, we're looking at a community like this and we're saying, what would it look like for this to be a connected community? Uh, we might call it uh, a mini smart city, right. micro smart city, sure. you know, is probably what it is. and. But you do have 100 acres here, wow. uh, uh, 107 acres. Um, you've got you know, a lot of, of uh, residential living up in here and here and down here. Uh, through here, you've got industrial. Um, a lot of areas where what you guys uh, run into, I'm sure, is concerns about security, mm -hmm. uh, about products, about uh, IP. Mm -hmm. um, you know, everything from biotech to, you know, to uh, it, it, it could be somebody that's manufacturing um, small specialized machinery, you know, all different kinds of stuff where they have concerns about security. Sure. And then through this center core, you have uh, all different applications of, of retail, restaurant, entertainment, um, hotel, mm -hmm. uh, you know, and, and even some living in here and some podium buildings with uh, inline, you know, retail and restaurant underneath. And so um, with all these people with over 2000 units of residential, uh, we've got some um, uh, active senior living partners here. Um, we have these views of, of the Columbia River that you can't see off here. And the gorge is right over here. This is kind of the gateway uh, to the gorge. So. Um, when we build something like this, we're saying, how can we, we be connected to create uh, lower energy consumption, mm -hmm. um, you know, moving toward uh, net zero as much as we can? Um, how can we encourage uh, offsets using solar, using, there's a lot of, of wind through here, you know, how can we encourage, we've talked with Yuri about uh, wind power, you know, just making it smart uh, to solve the problems that they have, but also solve the problems that we all have for our kids and our grandkids with, um, with uh, climate change and just, just where we can taking down things like emissions. 
Um, there's some users that we're talking about that might come in here that are very powerful. They could bring a million guests uh, a year just between a few users there. So again, what does that do for traffic? Mm -hmm. You know, now you've got to put a garage there. Okay, what does that do? You know, how do you manage that? Well, you want to be able to to bring that online. Uh, the intelligent, um, you know, back end of it is there already. The infrastructure we want to. Uh, own and partner in the uh, dark fiber that goes all through here um, and connects and, and it's uh, coming in and out. It has more than one direction. If it goes down on one side, it, it, it's covered mm -hmm. on the other side, right? Um, uh, and then all of that, you know, uh, Alex, where mm -hmm. you guys especially shine, uh, all of that needs a ubiquitous, hidden, uh, protection, mm -hmm. um, safety, security, uh, where we don't have, you know, drones flying over. They, they don't know it, but it's, it's happening at all times, you know. Non-invasive, yeah. you know, pervasive yeah. security and safety. Yeah, it just blends in. Yeah. We so, want to have safety officers that are mm -hmm. kind of walking around, but they're there right. even just to help, just mm -hmm. to say, hey, what, you need to find a <coughs> way, let me mm -hmm. help you. I mean, mm -hmm. I mean uh, community um, public safety. Uh, yeah, we yeah. want to we want to promote community, mm -hmm. and yet have it be safe. Yeah, right. um, and part of what makes a com a community feel good is that it's a safe place. Mm -hmm. So yeah, that's kind of an overview of yeah. what's that's going great. on. Yeah. Interesting. I'm interested in getting your thoughts on that. Yeah. No. So this one you described it. I think this. You know, I would. You're right. It's a smaller than a smart city. Like maybe a smart community. Mm -hmm. That's what you want. And, and you can have it on fiber, you said, but you obviously have to have wireless coverage. Yep. So I'm oh, yeah. thinking Wi-Fi, you're thinking. Yeah. People nowadays are thinking of even a private 5G, mm -hmm. pro providing a 5G network. Yeah. You know, mm -hmm. That becomes yeah. more... And small cell partners. Small cell partners over there. Yeah, so private 5G networks, actually one of the biggest applications on private 5G networks, which people are deploying in communities like this, is, uh, you know, is video analytics to put on top of that, right? But that's very easy with cameras there. You run these services on top of the network. Initially, you can start with Wi-Fi also. Um, now this is all very well aligned with the what people are turning towards. And, and then you put different sensors also, right? Mm -hmm. You put sensors for different things. Yeah, yeah it basically becomes a smart community. Yeah. You know, one of the issues with the sensors is that it always required power source, reliable power source. Because sensors, unless it's 24 by 7, it doesn't really mean much to you. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, with the uh, street lights, you have always on power. That's where you like to put your you know, yeah. field sensors, the hotspots, CCTVs, yeah. and network, right. network endpoints. That way you'll be able to collect all the data and having that visibility, real-time visibility, would give you the very reliable sort of infrastructure so that you'll be able to learn and adapt and make decisions as we, as we move along. Both of these gentlemen, PK and Jason, have worked on and currently are working on smart cities. So this is stuff that they've already they've already completed and done. This isn't anything new for them. Mm -hmm. They're both. They really are. I get. They're titans in their field. They're very humble. They don't talk about their background, but no. But one project that you might find interesting is uh, a couple of smart city projects I'm involved in. One is in Las Vegas, the big city, obviously, but they have a couple of blocks. They're marked off as a smart block, smart mm -hmm. city project. And what they're doing there is, so Cox Cable is providing the infrastructure, right? Uh, but the hotspots are street lamps, right? 
So the street lamps they're deploying in this couple of blocks, few blocks. The lamps, uh, besides obviously providing light, they they have cameras installed in the lamps, right? So the, the lamps provide coverage of the streets, uh, and they got 5G uh, modems in those. So they they're also hotspots. They are 5G hotspots. Now you could have them as Wi-Fi hotspots, but 5G hotspot gives you much better coverage, right? And much much better bandwidth. So they're doing that. They're much more advanced. Uh, they're, they're much more well-funded and much further along. But uh, a small suburb of Atlanta, Peachtree, is also launching this thing right now. So for Peachtree, the local town, uh, we engage with them through a partner. And what they're doing is they just want to monitor a few public spaces, right? They want to monitor uh, like parking, you know, spaces for parking and see how it's being used so that there can be some indication on the app that this this lot has so many empty spots, you can just go in. Uh, so you don't have to put in sensors like they have in uh, PDX Airport, right? Every slot has a sensor. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. That Those get expensive. Yeah. But with, 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 with camera coverage, right, you can still get some good information. Uh, and then they also use it for, uh, yeah, they have a public space uh, for people gathering and they want to maintain, the mo- they want to monitor the crowd level and any anomalous behavior like crowds say, you know, yeah. some, some fighting erupting or something, right? So you can track behavior of people if they're running and jumping instead of just walking. So you can track those behaviors uh, and then uh, kind of give an early indication that something might be building. So those kind of things are happening right now, right? So with, with your project, you're starting from grounds up. It's, it's a great opportunity to bring all that in and then define that. Eventually, you know, creating more value for the residents, right? That's what you great. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah, we need to, the users need to see the vision mm-hmm. uh, and then the the residents and the and the guests come because right. the right, right users are there. Correct. Correct. Right. So they need to see the value. Nick, I think you should talk about like the the master plan, like uh, a little bit of you know. Jason gave the high level of, the, of how you guys are innovating mm-hmm. uh, from a architecture standpoint. How would you see employing this this advanced controls and AI solution? Well, I always like to kind of step back a little bit because. You know, just to give context, this is an existing uh, rock quarry, and it's right now it's kind of a scar on, on the face of this this area here. Okay. Uh, but this has a huge potential and opportunity, and that's what early sees in it. That's what we see in it. And so, for us, as as we develop this, how do we how do we fold into the existing fabric, um, and how do we deal with all the all the edges around here and, and make it seem seamless, uh, not just like okay, here's a development that just kind of popped out of nowhere. How do we blend in from a physical standpoint, built environment standpoint, but also from a social fabric standpoint? How do we blend in, how do we engage all the existing communities here to really see our development as a value add versus just another developer coming in, raking in the dough and really doing what they want. We want to see this as one, we're raising the value of 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 their home, but also as a way to really add value to their their social, you know, from, you know, how they shop, how, the way they think, and they really see, see, you know, development in a different light. Uh, we, we at early, we want to see ourselves not just as, as any typical developer. We want to add value to community, sure. not just by building and adding, you know, commercial and, 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 you know, higher rents and that will add value to their home. But what, what kind of value do we really add to their lives? And we look at it from a, um, Kind of building community. Sure. Again, it goes back to that whole edge condition from a social um, social standpoint. Jay, as, it, as Hurley's developments uh, director, 
development, I was going to say, what is the most important pieces? Because you, I, I'm sure you've heard a lot of different pitches of, of a lot of different technologies, and and you know we feel very privileged to have PK and and uh, Jason in here. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, it's great we're, to have the. We're very we're very interested in controls for uh, HVAC. That's mm -hmm. key. Uh, because we can immediately, it's kind of like the old LED days right. where you went <laughs> yeah. into a warehouse and you, I just saved you 70% mm -hmm. on your mm -hmm. energy bill and, right. and it'll pay itself off in a year and a half. And that's kind of the age that we're in now with HVAC. And I, I, but I think mm -hmm. beyond just, uh, you know, looking at one dimensionally, the, the cost per kilowatt hour, uh, I think... Uh, communities are looking for more reliable decentralized energy uh, so that if the grid goes down, they know that their community is going to be powered, especially if you've got assisted living or any uh -huh. uh, uh, older population uh -huh. where heat and cold play a factor. And then also, uh, if you're looking at light industrial data center or medical communities uh -huh. here, you need... Yeah, 24 by 7. 24. Yeah, dual. Uh, so I, I think you should uh -huh. talk about Microwind, which mm -hmm. not too many people hear about, uh, which uh, so I'll let I'll hand it over to you. Yeah, it's a HVAC. You know, it, it looks like every quarter, scientific community is coming up with a sort of more intelligent way of monitoring and controlling HVAC. So I can well down in this Bay Area, we are working with the G company to come up with their next generation of data centers. How you control the next generation data center mm -hmm. so that it is net zero, mm -hmm. as, as close as to it. Mm -hmm. So they are even coming up with their own rec designs, own coolant designs. Mm -hmm. So uh, in, in California, you know, the cost is high, and uh, even in the, Mount, the Mountain View area, you're not allowed to build in you're not allowed to expand any more data centers unless you build your own power plant. Really? Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. So they so are trying to come up with a new, almost net zero-like data center models. Of course, you know, the computer needs to run, but new coolants, new design, new uh, aerodynamic uh, design of the racks, and the, the new design of the whole data center room so that minimum energy would be used in cooling it down. So that, uh, that's one thing. So the, the HVAC control, yeah, if you could design it, that's best. But once it is designed, you know, there, there's always a new way to retrofit or uh, make it better, uh, deliver better COP. With that said, um, you know, I've been thinking of, I've been working with some of the mechanical engineers uh, of how to turn, how to make more reasonable and practical wind turbine. I don't like those huge, Thing that generates a lot of vibrations and noise. If you put in the in the river, uh, about sixty feet around uh, around, there's nothing alive. Yes. Sea animal doesn't like those those vibrations. They stay away from those things. Mm. People don't realize that. And in the in, in Korea, uh, in the Jeju Island, in the southern tip of uh, southern tip of island. They put 25 of them. If you dive into it, it's all white. Mm. No living things, mm. not even sea sprouts. Mm. So that's, that, I saw that uh, about six, seven years ago, and, and I started talking to the mechanical engineers. 
I mean, you're the mechanical guys. Is there any way for us to build a, a better wind turbine? And you know, when you really think about it, what we have been trying from the mechanical engineering perspective is that we try to reduce the speed into manageable speed. Take a look, take an example for a car. Engine oh. runs about you know, 7,000 RPMs, but what you get is 200K the, the speed at 100, uh, what, 160 yeah. miles, yeah. right? You, you, we've been always trying to reduce it down to the manageable speed and velocity. Because it's about current in order for storage right. of electricity. But let's, let's look right. at the electric. It, it should be different. When, hmm. you, when you deal with the nature, the wind is like six miles an hour, yeah. but I need to generate it. For my turbine to run, it needs 20 uh, uh, meters per second of power. How do you do that? We need to reverse the whole mechanical engineering perspective. So I, I, I run into this uh, interesting old retired uh, professor who used to design torpedoes for the uh, military. And he, his job was try to, try to come up with the design of the turbine is such that it would stay, first of all, noiseless. It would stay uh, straight lines. That means maintain the consistent current. Yeah. So he's the guy who has patents all over the world, a six patent regarding torpedo design, turbine design, that would give you noiseless speed and consistency without, the, without tail spinning. So just go straight lines. So I asked him, hey, I saw, I've, I've dived into the, uh, this water. I see just whitening of the whole area because of the wind turbine. Can you think of something else? He said he's been talking to these oldest, uh, the military guys, you know, why don't we use this, turn it around and use it a, a wind turbine? I funded him, so he come up with this interesting design. So we, we got the patents and everything, and we built several pro uh, prototypes. We only require five meter per second wind to generate oh, power. Wow. That's amazing. It's like, as long as the, oh, that's more than five meter per wind. Wow. If you see the trees yeah. moving, yeah. we could generate the power. So we install it on school campuses. We install it on some of the uh, islands so that we'll be able to provide enough power for the whole resident. And, and typically, you're not... So that island is net zero? Yep. Yeah. yeah, there are three islands in Korea that is purely net zero. I cannot wait to visit you. Yeah. <laughs> with uh, with a turbine about this big, about 20 zero. of them. 20 yeah. and 20. Wow. How many miles in circumference or in diameter? Oh, that's... Uh, not not a huge island, but there's only 200 residents. Okay. You know, fishermen's living in a small community, so we put 20 of them to provide the power. And you don't need like wow. a big wind. You need these massive cranes yeah. with this. Yeah, you don't need the massive cranes. It's low. Just, yeah, you could, I, I I just carry one of the turbines myself. The magic is, in a six RPM, our design is such you would turn into a 60 RPMs with enough torque. To run the dynamo, so oh, that's so that's uh, the magic of our the patents. dynamo, the dynamo, yeah. yeah. And that's you have the patent for that, yeah. Oh, that's good, that's good. <laughs> so those are the things. But some uh, some of the people in the overseas they find it very difficult to believe because you have to turn everything you you've knew about the mechanical engineering upside down. But we've got uh, so we've got uh, that's the reason we've we built it ourselves. We didn't want to build it ourselves, but. We, we just wanted to build a concept model and you know, show it to other world to catch up, but they didn't. So we had to build it 
ourselves and installed it uh, with the Korea Power to help some of the uh, you know, islands down in the so southern part of the Korea. So that's where we are. So we haven't been able to scale out because we need to find the, the right partner to mass produce the, the, oh, yeah. the turbines and the gearboxes and epicentric gearboxes and all. And the interesting thing is with the highway patrol uh, office, we are going to put some of them because the trucks moving by yeah. generate enough wind for our yeah. turbine to start generating. That's amazing. Yeah, that's something that we are Because it's we are the wind tunnels. The they are, there's yeah. a wind tunnel. Yeah. 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 Uh, we are working with this uh, company and we are trying to convert it into a voice activated interactive kiosks. You don't need to touch this anymore because senior people have difficulty. We are working with uh, we are working with the senior uh, residents, and you know they they can order their dinners using this. Wow. <laughs> so we're trying to provide a more voice activated version of it, so that have it just conversation with this you know kiosk. You would generate, validate, and generate the recipe or the you know, order for you, and 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 connected with the robot delivery robot in such a way that. Once she sits on a table, delivery robots would recognize her and deliver the dish, exactly. you know, dinners for her or, or, or medicines for her at that table. I have a son. My oldest son has autism, and he's permanently disabled, so he's um, low-functioning, autistic. And the school that he attends lost track of him. Um. He got a mile away down the street. Oh, no. Someone's supposed to be within eyes and ears, mm -hmm. within 36 inches of all, all time. And one of the contractors and a landscaping company left a, a gate open. He was he escaped during recess. He made it a mile down the road, and the lady, uh, an older lady, found him in her car. Oh, had he not had she not found him, he possibly could have died. Oh, no. This was only like three months ago. Mm. And so, you know. That's what I'm thinking about. When I'm talking about yeah. a, a safe place, I'm talking about when, tracking children, it's making sure that my son, that I know where my son is. Even if I put a tracker on him, some type of bracelet, but there's some type of monitoring system yeah. where someone who has, you know, you, if you can sell that, uh, that type of safety, there are a lot of people that would pay very well to live in a community where they can track their kids, especially kids with any type of accessibility issues, mm -hmm. even a voice, because my son doesn't speak, but it, when he does speak, his voice can be activated, and I could, I, they can find him. Anyway, we could talk about this forever. These guys know more than I will ever attempt to know. <laughs> That's right. I should have got a PhD or in some <laughs> tech field, I don't know. <laughs> so interesting. I learn so much every time I'm with y'all. It's a privilege. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, I do, we, and we don't want to take up your entire day I think that the plan is we might go view the site um, and just kind of... Is, is that the site right now? Are you sure? Uh, yes. Oh, okay. That's right there, yeah. Mm -hmm. Wow. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. I, I know we took up a lot of your time. We appreciate you letting us come uh, out today. We love having you guys out. Anytime. Yeah. You're always welcome. Good. Yeah. All right. All right. Well, we'll get Thank out of Thanks for the time. Appreciate it. Well, right. that was a really great meeting. I think that uh, we all kind of learned a lot. Uh, really impressive about the development. I'm, I'm thinking that we go there and check this site out. What do y'all think? Yeah. Uh, all right, let's go. Let's roll. Let's go.
Awesome. So we just arrived. We're going to actually get out and check over this um, development site from a vantage point. And um, let's see what we find. Yep. All right, let's go. I think Jason and Nick are up here. Sure. Let's go find out. Find it out. This is supposed to give us a good view of the, the development site. Glad you wear your hiking shoes, Yuri. Give you an idea of the scope up here. Yeah, this area up here is all going to be downhill. Oh, wow. Around that corner there. So, when it comes to developing, you know, something of this site, what's your overall budget? Overall development budget? Townhomes, yeah. you know, your multifamily residential units, condos. Great question. Yeah. All in, this is going to be between a billion and a billion. And that's yeah, and with. That can increase as time goes on, right? Because it can take three, five, seven years by the time you're starting to phase. When you're phasing it out. You're landing and delivering uh, buildings. I have a question. Yeah. Uh, from a security standpoint yeah. in phasing, at what point do you think you want to utilize either tech and or physical security? Are you required to up here in the state of Washington? Yeah. Once development starts, what does that look like on the construction side for security services? Yeah, great question. Um, so from our perspective, security is always important, whether it's required or not. Mm -hmm. We're going to have a presence, mm -hmm. but to what level the presence is there and uh, to what level you can kind of afford uh, more technology mm -hmm. and better technology depends on um, the scale of the site. So as we get this all built out, you start to see, okay, this alone uh, needs to have a more uh, tech-heavy presence to mm -hmm. be able to, you know, because we can't save, let's talk about money, you can't uh, uh, save money by putting a bunch of full-time people, right. you know, standing around watching for something to happen. Mm -hmm. um, uh, that that's actually much more expensive than having oh, yeah. the right tech in place. Oh, yeah. mm -hmm. That's that's signaling to people who are out in this area anyway, right? Because they're getting, you know, guys like uh, your companies are are talking to the tech companies right over here, mm -hmm. talking to the Vic, uh, the Vancouver In Innovation Center, right over there. You're talking to all these people and going, hey, let's get in on this together which is building the infrastructure for you guys that there's yeah. always guys driving around, right? They're mm -hmm. right, mm -hmm. right down the road. If, if, you know, if there was a call, they're only six minutes away, whatever it is. Mm -hmm. um, so our, our hope is as soon as we have a bunch of people living here, we're taking care of them with security. Yeah, awesome. love it. A really a great plan. You got your phasing in place. Sounds like you got your financing in place. Um, well, we're always looking for partners. <laughs> yeah. You know, Anybody that wants to get in on this kind of a okay. project, yeah, absolutely. Uh, we, we're always interested in talking. Yeah, about deep pockets and big hearts. Yeah. That's what you're looking yeah, for. You right? That's go. always the best investor, isn't it? Deep pockets yeah. and, and patience. And patience, yeah, yeah, of course. Well, thanks for showing us this site. I really appreciate it. This is great. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you want to head back? It's wonderful. Sure. Yes. Cool. Okay. Great deal. Thank you.